I will say this now, and I will probably say it many, many more times over the next, hopefully, only four years. Fuck Donald Trump. Hello friends, and welcome to episode 8 of So Poetry. Uh, as you could probably guess from the, the cold open, um, I am, have some choice things I would like to say to Donald Trump if he is listening. First and foremost, again, I would like to say, fuck you. Um, most recently because of the immigrant band that he signed executive action on, um... I don't know if people have been paying attention to the news and stuff today. Um, I only caught wind of this in, I don't know, maybe a couple of hours ago because I've, I've been out and about all day and not super connected. But um, immigrants, refugees, and people with green cards um, from, oh, geez, let's see, what countries? Um, sorry, I have like... 15 tabs opened of things that I, I want to get to. Um, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. I think, at least for right now. Um, like people, immigrants, refugees, people with green cards are not being allowed into the United States. Uh, there was a spontaneous protest that uh, occurred, and I believe is still occurring, at uh, JFK in New York. Uh, there might be one in Dulles. I've seen some things on Tumblr about people trying to organize things at other airports. Um, there are um, like advocacy and lawyer groups that are, I think, around in those airports too. I think there's some on the West Coast, or the yeah, the West Coast as well, uh, trying to help people who are not being allowed in this country who have a legal right to be allowed in this country. Um, if you have a green card and you are from one of those countries or you have dual citizenship, uh, at least for the time being, if you are listening in the United States to this, don't leave the country. Uh, I know I've been hearing things that like students aren't being allowed back in, people with jobs who are, you know, are, had the misfortune of traveling when Donald Trump signed his executive action or executive order, um, they can't they can't come back. Uh, yeah, so this uh, this is just the first week. I imagine that things are probably going to be getting a lot worse before they get better. Um, so in light of that, and in light of the Women's March that happened, uh, I guess it was last week, um, to show my support and my solidarity to at least the first crop of people that are going to be uh, marginalized and victimized and taken advantage of by the current administration, I decided for this episode 
to read a bunch of poems by poets from Iraq and Iran and Syria. Most of them happen to be women. Uh, there is one poem at the end that I would like to read that feels uh, just kind of prescient. It is written by Alana Bell. Uh, she, I believe, is a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and she's written a lot on the like the conflicts of Israelis and Palestinians and like that um, the kind of divided existence <clears throat> that that country and those people have. Um, but I don't know. It feels it feels pertinent to the times. Um, I would like to apologize up front for a couple of things. Um, I have a cold. I don't know if you can tell that I sound a little stoppy or potentially a little more bassy speaking. Um, if I cough, I apologize for that. I've been fighting this thing off for the better part of like four days. <coughs> <coughs> and I just took off the nice warm cover that my partner got me for an early birthday present. Um, so hopefully I will cool down and I won't cough and I can get through these poems relatively smoothly because they are awesome and powerful. And, uh, I'd like also to apologize for, sorry, I'm taking my sweatshirt off for, I'm what I'm assuming will probably be some pretty horrendous mis mispronunciations of these poets' names. I apologize. I'm. I will do my best. Uh, I even looked up how to pronounce um, some of them. So hopefully I'm close. Uh, if I'm not, I apologize. I mean no disrespect. Um, and I. I will do better. Um, I really decided on doing this, like reading these poems, for this episode, uh, like half an hour ago. I. At the time of this recording, it is like 10.30, Saturday nights, Saturday the 28th. Um, so I have I did, not, I did not do a lot of prep for this. Um, I just spent the last like 40 minutes, eh, maybe 40 minutes, half an hour, looking around online uh, for poets and for some poems, specifically from countries that uh, immigrants and refugees uh, of are not being allowed in this country uh, and green card holders and dual citizenship people too um, <coughs> um yeah like i said most of them happen to be women um that wasn't intentional it's kind of a happy coincidence uh, and is a, a little bit hopefully some solidarity with the women's march um before I get into the poems, I have been thinking about what what to do as far as resistance goes uh, during the years of the Trump administration. Um, and at least for the time being, I think uh, exposing my listeners to poems and to or to the poetry of and the voices of and the experiences of people that uh, probably you have not experienced before. I know that I haven't. All of the poem, all the poets that I found tonight are new to me, but I 
I'm going to be posting every bit of information that I found on them um, in the descriptions. The first thing that I'm going to be reading from is a really, really cool uh, 15 Iraqi poets that was published. It's a little chapbook published by New Direction. Uh, I think they this is part of the Poets from Around the World or Poems from Around the World or like world poem series. I again, I have this information on in another tab. I just I'm I don't feel like looking for it right now. Uh, but it's the the little um, excerpt that I found has I think five or six poems from the 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 thing, which is uh, has I think fifteen. 15 poems or 15 poets yeah I guess 15 poets so it's it's like I don't know maybe a third of these or so I'm gonna read a couple of them but yeah so all all of the information that I found on this stuff I will put in the description all of the up-to-date information that I found on like what you can do if you're not being allowed in the country or if you are trying to leave or not leave I will put that up to um just to uh, to to do my best to um, to disseminate information that I think is is worthwhile, but also like I said, as a, as an act of resistance or an act of um, I don't know activism. I don't know that might be too strong of a word to to use for what I'm doing. Um, I would like to use this platform to to create space for voices and for experiences and for points of view that are probably not a lot of people have encountered. Um, I hope that I do them justice. Um, I don't know. This is, like I said, this is a really kind of uh, impromptu. I don't want to say last minute or spur of the moment because it feels uh, somehow undignified. So I'm going with impromptu. Uh, Impromptu decision on my part. Um, but I think maybe the next time, or this might be the beginning of a little mini-series that I do, where I just, you know, I read poets, poems by poets of, um, like, marginalized or often, uh, shouted down groups of people. So, I'm definitely going to do, um, if I continue with this series... Um, like African-American poets, um, like Latino, Latina, American, um, poets from, uh, South and Central American countries, uh, queer, LGBT identifying poets, really anybody who, I don't know, is going to be targeted by the Trump administration or has already been targeted. Well, the Trump administration. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess let's let's get to it. Uh, the first th- selection that I'm going to read from, like I said, is the uh, New Directions 15 Iraqi poem poets. I think that's what the name of the thing is. Yeah, 15 Iraqi poets. I will have the place where you can buy this in the description. Um, I don't, for some, some of the poets I have, I have some biographical information as well. Um, I don't know if I will be uh, dispensing that 
in the process of reading the poems or if I will just put it up in the description. I apologize, I have to sneeze. Uh, wow, that they made a, a big uh, sign on the, the capture. Anyway, so here we go. The first poem is titled On Freedom, and it's by Mahmoud al... Mahmoud al-Braikan. Uh, his last name is B-R-A-I-K-N. I think it's Braikan? Whatever. No, not whatever. I, I hope that I got that right. Uh, and the poem goes like this. You called on me to discover another continent, but, but denied me a map. I'd rather sail on my little boat so that if we should meet, it will be worth remembering. You offered me a house, furnished and comfortable, in exchange for a song that meets your demands. I'd rather stay on my swift horse and roam from one gust of wind to another. You brought me a new face, beautiful, perfectly proportioned. I thank you, but I would rather not have a glass eye or a plastic mouth. I have no desire to rid my face of its difference nor do I care much for symmetry. I thank you, but let that distinction remain. At heart, is the slave master not also a slave? So all of these, I believe that I'm going to be reading, have been translated. Um, that one was translated by... Hadir Al-Kabi and Rebecca Carol Johnson. It was translated from Arabic. Um, this next one is entitled Separation by uh, Shirko Bekis. It's translated from the Kurdish by Rheingard and Sherwan Mirza. And it goes like this. If they deprived my poems of flowers... One of my seasons will die. If they deprive my poems of my beloved, two of my seasons will die. If they deprive my poems of bread, three of my seasons will die. If they deprive my poems of freedom, my whole year will die, as will I. And the last one from this little uh, chapbook is titled His Life by Rod Abdul Qadir, translated from Arabic by Dunya Mikhail, who is also the editor of this chapbook. At the moment of the bridge, of crossing, of the shadow, of the step, of the rhythm, of the echo, of the trace of life, at the moment of sleep on the other shore. I am the man at the moment of crossing to the shore of sleep. I am the woman not reached by the man at the crossing. I am the sleep. I am the sleep on the other shore. I am the echo, the trace, the shadow, the crossing, the bridge, at the moment of my life.
So that's that. Uh, also, there was a, in looking for, po for poets, I uh, encountered, I typed in, I think, Iraqi poets, and one of the first names that popped up was uh, Nazik al-Malaika, who I believe is credited as the first, let me see, I have her Wikipedia page up, um, was an Iraqi female poet, she died in 2007, unfortunately, uh, uh, Nazik al-Malaika was an Iraqi female poet and, and is considered by many to be one of the most influential contemporary Iraqi female poets. Al-Malakia uh, is famous as the first uh, Arabic poet to use free verse. So that's that's really, really cool. I'm a big, big fan of free verse. <coughs> one of her poems appears in the 15 Iraqi poets um, entitled New Year, and I believe I have who it is translated by in the... Nope, I do not. So this poem appears in uh, 15 Iraqi poets, but in the excerpt that I found, it does not appear, but I was able to find it elsewhere online. Uh, so this is New Year by Nazik al-Malaika, uh, and it goes as thus. New Year, don't come to our homes. For we are wanderers from a ghost world, denied by man. Night flees from us. Fate has deserted us. We live as wandering spirits with no memory, no dreams, no longings, no hopes. The horizons of our eyes have grown ashen, the gray of a still lake, like the silent brows, like our silent brows, pulseless, heatless, denuded of poetry. We live not knowing life. New Year, move on. There is the path to lead our footsteps. Ours, ours are veins of hard reed, and we know not of sadness. We wish to be dead and refused by the graves. We wish to write history by the years. If only we knew what it is to be bound to a place. If only snow could bring water, could bring us winter to wrap our faces in darkness. If only memory or hope or regret could one day block our country from its path. If only we feared madness. If only our lives could be disturbed by travel or shock or the sadness of an impossible love. If only we could die like other people. Oh, and on the side of the site that I found this on, it was translated from Arabic by Rebecca Carol Johnson, who I think co-translated another poem um, in the in the group. <coughs> uh, the next two uh, poets, I believe, are Syrian. Let me see. Um, no, where are they? Um, one is Kurdish, the other is Syrian. The first one, the first poet is Syrian, is uh, Maram al-Masiri. And I am going to be reading a couple of poems from her collection. I believe it's called Barefoot Souls, um, which, oh, I have a description of what that book is. Um... <laughs> 
Sorry. I had to burp. I've been doing a lot of bodily functions on this podcast, and I apologize for that after the fact. Um, I believe Barefoot Souls uh, chronicles um, the lives of children in, like, refugees in Paris, or people of Syrian descent that live in Paris, I think. I found the description of what the book is. Oh, wait, here it is. Uh, let's see. Ah, de- detailing the lives of Syrian women living in Paris, these poems capturing the unheard voices of the women who live in, who lives are suppressed in unimaginable ways, allow us to explore moments never mentioned in the news reports. Potent, potent, and never failing to capture the essence of the feminine experience with remarkable amount of insight. That's from a blurb on Amazon. Uh, for the ARC translations of Barefoot Souls by Maram al-Masiri. And uh, let's see. There are a couple of here on here that I wanted to read. Uh, Samir, son of Magda, age 13. I do not remember her face. I was very small when my father carried me off to my grandmother's house far, far away. My grandmother did not like the one who brought me into this world. With every prayer, she would demand that God would punish her. She would say, hers is the blood of the devil. She would say, she abandoned you for the cats to eat you up. Eighteen months old. That's very young for a child to have to defend himself. Clement and Romain, children of Florence, age 12 and 9. Don't forget, mother, to pack me and brother in your baggage. We won't annoy you. We'll behave this time. Chloe, daughter of Suzanne, age 11. I've often seen my father drag my mother by the hair into the bathroom. I hide myself in the, in the cupboard and wait until he calmed down. On the wall in the sitting room, there's a photo of a crocodile. Myself and my brother. We used to call it Papa. And... Uh, the last uh, poem in this little section from the from the collection of hers called Barefoot Souls, is called There Are Women. There are women who carried you, who offered their blood in their wombs, who brought you into into the world, who bathed you, who breastfed you. There are women who cherished you when you were small, until you grew up, when you were weak, until you became strong. There are women who desired you, who entwined you in their arms, who welcomed you in their wombs, who gave you their mouths, who gave you to drink of their water. Sorry. I will read that stanza again. There are women who desired you, who entwined you in their arms, who welcomed you in their wombs, who gave you their mouths, who gave you to drink of their water. There are women who betrayed you, and there are women who abandoned you. Uh, 
So on this particular page, there's a uh, biography of Maram, um, which you can read at your leisure. Um, she's from Syria. Well, I guess I'll read a little bit. She's from Syria. She is now living in Paris. She studied English literature at Damascus University before starting uh, publishing her poetry in air magazines in the 70s. Uh, today, she's, she's considered one of the most renowned and captivating feminine voices of her generations. So that's really cool. Um, it seems most of the, like, the women poets that I found <coughs> are pretty, are in the, the, um, like the uh, Iraqi and Iranian and Syrian women poets that I found are pretty well-renowned. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, okay, the next poet on the list is Bejan Matur, who is, I believe, a Turkish poet. I believe she was also Kurdish. Um, I found an article talking about Maram and Bejan, uh, which I will <coughs> which I will uh, put a link to in the description because it's I believe it is worth uh, it's worth reading and it's worth knowing um, it is in I believe it was uh, I might have to find it again uh, it was in response to a like uh, voice or poets coming out of like the Syrian civil war and I also found another article in the Atlantic uh, from back in 2014 no yes 2014 um, about the poetry, or at least for two, um, two poets that were refugees of the Syrian civil war, um, and trying to capture, uh, just all of, all of what they're going through in poetry, which I think, if I can take a little bit of a tangent, um, I think is one of the really powerful, amazingly powerful aspects of of art in general and I think poetry specifically is the ability to to take the experiences that you have and distill it down into the kind of the emotional truth of the situation and then give that to somebody else that's a that's an incredibly um, I don't know it's an incredibly powerful gift if you if you can do it effectively to to draw someone else in because I I feel like with with prose um, you know, novels short stories you can draw people into a world um, you can get them to care about characters or stories uh, but I think with poetry you draw them in on a much more personal and individual level it's like you you draw the reader into yourself um and i think that that is one of the the best ways to foster empathy and understanding and connection with somebody else is to to spend literally spend some time in in, in their heart and in their mind um in seeing and experiencing things the way that they see and experience them. And sometimes, like, I've read some poetry that is a massive, massive shock to my system because it is 
uh, written by someone whose experiences differ so so wildly from mine. But it's I always leave even it, even if the 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 style or the voice is not something that that super resonates with me. Just the experience of of, of being with a, a poet in that way for that amount of time always leaves me with um, I don't know, like at least an appreciation. Um, hopefully, a little bit broader of a sense of awareness and un understanding. But I mean, it. I think that like that's. That's art. That's the power of art. Is that you, you can capture people by the insides and like really. I I use the, I use the term a lot more when I was a little bit younger, but I I feel like it's it's creeping back in my in my vernacular again. The um, you hit them where they live, and I think, I don't know. I think, I feel like poetry is is a little bit more of a um, direct like spear tip to that you can really just you could it's kind of like satire so you can bypass a lot um i think with poetry because i feel like with most people they, they look at poetry as this sort of unassuming kind of fluff art at least in in maybe no not even the west i think in specifically or especially in the united states poetry is not viewed or not held in a very high regard as far as art in general and then literary art as a subgroup goes but I think in one respect that might be something that poets can use potentially to their advantage is that you know somebody picks up a poem and they're not really expecting much it's again like with satire their their guard is going to be way way down and I, I think that in certain opportunities you can really use that to to jump way deep inside of them and rattle some things that might need to be rattled. Uh, so any poets, hopefully poets out there listening, um, sharpen those spears, sharpen those words, and learn, learn the, I guess, the, the emotional pressure points that you can really, not unearned in the poem, but how to, how to earn those, uh, those, wounds uh i don't know maybe wounds is a, is a too powerful a word but i you know like those those arresting moments where you can really get in there and you can stop somebody in their tracks and make them re rethink their lives in an instant uh you know something to aspire to anyway uh these are i'm going to read uh two poems from bijan I hope that I got her name, the first her first name correct. Um, these are translated by who? Oh, Sarut or uh, Suat Karante Karanta Te Karante. Um, I don't know if these are from a particular book or these are just some poems that are. Uh, some poems of hers that have been uh, compiled and translated on transcriptreview.org. Uh, but the first poem, both of these poems were translated by the same the same person. Uh, the first one is "Every Woman Knows Her Own Tree." When I came to you, 
I would open my wings, woven with... Sorry, I will start again. When I came to you, I would open my wings, woven with black stones in that desolate city. I would perch on the boughs of a tree, and I would cry with pain. Every woman knows her own tree. That night, I flew over the city, which frightens even the darkness. I passed. A soul without a shadow is alone. I howled. And the second poem is Time and Illusion. Flying into the fields of clouds with the taste of sun and water, there is no night out here. Night does not fall in the distance. A silver cage around my neck, like an unfaithful concubine, I lay down and curled up in the middle of the moon. It is a grandpa. I am a goddess. For days we flew in the twilight. My neck was weak. My heart was empty. I rubbed my face against the trees. Painfully I let my eyes touch the clouds. The roads I traveled over and that nightless sky I flew through whispered as weary as God sitting in the field of clouds. Time and illusion. Time and illusion. The next poem is kind of long. It is written by who? Furo Farakazed? Farakazed? Uh, hold on, let me. I think it's Furu Farakzad. I hope that I got that right. The uh, pronunciation page that I, I found, uh, I don't know if they did a good job on that. Furu Farakzad. I think that's what it is. Um, she was also a very. Uh, let me see if I have her. Yeah, I have her information up. Um, oh, so she was an, uh, was an influential Iranian poet and film director. Uh, she was a controversial modernist poet and an iconoclast writing from the female point of view. Um, she also, I believe, had a pretty controversial life. One of the other little blurbs that I read said that she uh, divorced her husband in her early 20s and had a large group of male friends that she spent a good amount of time with. Um, so... Another very strong uh, female voice, but so I would like to apologize in, in advance if I read this poem rather um, haltingly. I, I read through it once before I started this, and I hope that I will get the enjambment and the lines right. Um, but this poem is Reborn by Furu Farakazed, and here we go. All my being is a dark verse that repeats you to the dawn of unfading flowers and growth. I conjured you in my poem with a sigh and grafted you to water, fire, and trees. Perhaps life is a long avenue a woman with a basket crosses every day. Perhaps life is a rope with which a man hangs himself from a tree. Or is a child returning from home or from school. Baby life is the act of lighting a cigarette in the listless pause between lovemaking, or the vacant glance of a passerby who tips his hat and says good morning with a meaningless smile. Perhaps life is a 
choked moment where my gaze annihilates itself inside the pupils of your eyes. I will mingle that sensation with my grasp of the moon and comprehension of darkness. In a room the size of my loneliness, and the reason the ah, in a room the size of loneliness, my heart's the size of love. It contemplates its simple pretexts for happiness. The beauty of the flowers wilting in the vase, the sapling you planted in our garden, and the canary's song, the size of the window. Alas, this is my lot. This is my lot. My lot is a sky that can that can be shut out by a mere hanging of a curtain. My lot is descending a lonely staircase to something rotting and falling apart in its exile. My lot is a gloomy stroll in a grove of memories, and dying from longing for a voice that says, I love your hands. I plant my hands in the garden soil. I will sprout. I know. I know. I know. In the hollow of my ink-stained palms, swallows will make their nest. I will adorn my ears with, trin, with twin cherry sprigs, where dahlia petals on my nails. There is an alley where boys who once loved me still stand in the same, with the same tussled hair, thin necks, and scrawny legs, contemplating the innocent smiles of a young girl swept away one night by the wind. There is an alley in my heart as has there is an alley my heart has stolen from my childhood turf. A body traveling along the line of time impregnates time's barren cord, and returns from the mirror's feast intimate with its own image. This is how one dies, and another remains. No seeker will ever find pearls from a stream that pours into a ditch. I know a sad little fairy who lives by the who lives in the sea and plays the wooden flute of her heart tenderly, tenderly. A sad small fairy who dies at night with a kiss and is reborn with a kiss at dawn. And that was also translated um, by from Farsi by Sole Wolpi. Um, yeah, let's see, hmm, so this might actually be one of the shortest, uh, solo episodes that I've done, um, and the last poem I'd like to read is the poem by Alana Bell called Your Village, um, I think that I may have posted this in one of my earlier podcasts, I can't remember, um, I definitely wrote a poem in response to this. Um, I discovered it, oh, I came across it um, maybe a month, maybe a couple of weeks before the Baltimore Uprising. Um, and it's kind of just stayed in my in my head somewhere um, for, I don't know, since then. Um, like I said, I, I feel like it, it speaks to, to kind of what's going on and um, I don't know. So it's called Your Village. And it's by, like I said, Alana Bell. Once in a village that is burning, because a village is always somewhere burning. And if you do not look because it is not your village, it is still your village. In that village is a hollow child, 
you drown when he looks at you with his black, black eyes. And if you do not cry because he is not your child, he is still your child. All of the animals that could run away have run away. The trapped one make an orchestra of their hunger. The houses are ruined. Nothing grows in the garden. The grandfather's grave is there, a small stone under the shade of a charred oak. Who will brush off the dead leaves? Who will call his name for morning prayer? Where will they, the ones who slept in the house and ate from this dirt? And that is from her collection, Eyes Stone, published in 2012 by LSU Press. Uh, so shout out to close to my hometown. Uh, I mean, it's like an hour and a half north, but still, shout out to Louisiana. Um, and I believe that your village is the last poem in that collection, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the... Um, site that I found the poem actually has a recording of her reading it as you can hear her not mess up the uh, third to last line um, and it was cool it was on the PBS uh, news hour which I didn't realize that they did poetry um, I don't know if they if it's a if, uh, I don't know if it's a common thing that they do but if not I'm glad that this poem was featured um, yeah, so those those are the poems that I, I decided to share. Um, I hope the format worked okay. Um, I, as I've mentioned in many, many podcast episodes, I am not a fan of reading my own poetry. Um, I don't... I don't write to be read, and I, I don't know. I prefer people to just experience it on their own. Um, so if you did not like or appreciate the way that I recited any of these poems I apologize uh, if I had more prep time they probably would have gone smoother um, I will for sure post for sure all of the um, all of the sites that I found these poems because there's a lot more of them um, and you can read them again to yourself and you can read all the ones that I missed um, and I will post all of the extra information things that I found um, you know, like I found a 10 inspiring Iranian poets in their verses, uh, 10, where is it, 10 Syrian writers you should know, uh, an article on, like I said, the Syrian, uh, two Syrian war poets, um, an article about uh, Maram al-Masiri oh, al and Bejan Matur. Um, it's long, but, well, kind of long, but it's worth the read. Um I will post the um, wiki for Fru Fruksad and Nazik al Malakia. Uh, and I mean, I literally just Googled Iranian poets, Iraqi poets, and Syrian poets. And um, you know how sometimes Google will give you like a list of suggestion things across the top with little pictures and people's names. I kind of just called from that. Um, so if you're interested in a wider scope or a wider swath of poets that I did not touch, which, um, I don't know. I don't know how, how many, 
I could probably do more Iraqi and Iranian and Syrian poets and hit some from uh, Libya and Somalia and Sudan, Sudan and Yemen. Um, I might do that for the next next month's solo um, solo cast. But yeah, um, I don't know. I feel. I, I told my roommate this earlier today, and I told my partner this uh, yesterday. Uh, we are living in very, very weird times, and I don't I don't want weird to be used as a as a minimizing um, factor for or minimizing word for any of the experiences that are going on. Um, it really does have a a creepy and frightening and eerie similarity with 1930s Germany and the rise of fascism there um i i don't i hope that it things are stemmed before they get that bad but i i don't want to to be in the position where i i did nothing and i know that a podcast in presenting poets from um, from countries that are being targeted by Trump's executive uh, executive order on immigration, um, probably not a lot, and is not you know the utmost that I could do. But I feel like it's at least for now a good place to start. Um, I mean, it is not. It is not in any, um, in any sense, the utmost that I can do. And I'm, I'm gonna do more. Um, but like I said, like this is this is a good place to start. And you know, this is a, a, a medium and a platform that I have that I can use to my advantage. Uh, so, like people who are out there who are gonna be resisting. Resist as hard as you can. Um, resist as safely as you can, if you can. Um, I will do my best uh, on here and on my my Twitter and my Tumblr and other my other social media outlets to uh, present the most up to date, most factual, most pertinent information that I can find. Um, stay care of yourselves, please. And, and whatever that that means for you um, I don't I don't want to say stay safe um, I mean I, I hope I hope safety for all but I know that in some circumstances that's not that's not a viable thing it's just I don't know do do what you can I guess Um I am hopeful that the House, at least, hopefully, at least one House of or, or one Chamber of Congress will flip in 2018. Um, I just heard today that the succession or secession uh, for California is going to be on the ballot in 2018. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen with that. Um, 
But like I said, this is we're living in really scary, weird times right now, and um, like in the in in the communities that you're a part of, like be as supportive and as respectful as you can to each other. Um, be as open and willing to listen, and you know, just being as as much of a community as you can be to the people that are a part of your community. Um, and all of the, the intersections of that and all the various communities that you're a part of. Um, and if you're in a position of relative privilege, do what you can to use that privilege to get the voices of people that are not being heard in the spotlight. Um, be, if you're an ally, be the best ally that you can be. Um, I... I am not personally a part of um, a lot of the, the marginalized peoples and cultures in the United States right now, um, but I, I know that you're out there, I recognize you, I hear you, I see you, and I will do my utmost to make sure that whatever, whatever positions I'm in, I'm opening up space for you. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I wish I could end this on a hopeful note, um, but that might be in relatively slim supply for the next bit. Um, I mean, I get it's hopeful that there are protests and that there are people that are coming together and being vocal about the stuff that they're not willing to put up with. Um, and I I hope that 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 vocalness and that presence is maintained. Um, because, you know, we don't work for the president. The president works for us. And there are things we can do to, to throw some, uh, some tar in the, in the works, a wrench in the works, whatever. Throw a wrench made of tar in the works, whatever. Um, but, yeah, artists keep making art. Activist protesters keep protesting, keep resisting. Um do do what you can donate to who you can donate your time donate your your presence your voice um and i hope to talk to you all again soon